It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, 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 welcome to the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast. I'm your host, Carrie. Hola, I am Larissa. <laughs> it's been a while since I talked to you. I need to mix it up. I need to find a new, like, bienvenidos or something that, you know, gives me flavor. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I'm telling you. No, I don't have a cool tagline. I don't have any good intro stuff. Ahoy! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So we have a couple of interesting things in the news this week. Oh, God, let's go over this. Anything besides Meghan and Harry? No, other than him (laughs) suing for police protection, no. And they're moving. Yeah. I really wonder where they're going to end up moving to if that mortgage is too much. No, I would I would laugh hysterically if they moved into a bigger, better place. Yeah. <laughs> they have like a mortgage of $300,000 a month. I don't know. The interest rates are up now, though, Megan and Harry. So watch your P's and Q's. So speaking of money, we have the billionaire Dole Food heir and notorious playboy Justin Murdoch was arrested for punching his model girlfriend in the face after an L.A. Halloween party and it left her with a black eye. What's interesting about this. So she's he's 49. She's 24. Tell you, Sky. I would be so pissed, by the way, if I were a supermodel and someone punched me in the face. I would be but, Well, and what's odd about this whole thing is that this happened in October, right? But they're mm-hmm. just doing the arresting now. What did she just press charges now or what's the deal? Sky reported the alleged assault and he was arrested later that morning, October 29th. He posted bail, but he's not due back to court till March 2nd. So I wonder if they just are finally the news outlets are picking it up. But his 98 year old father is the former chairman of Dole Food Products. If you look him up on YouTube, he has all these and it's produced by David H. Murdoch. They have mm-hmm. all these videos he put out there. The grandfather? Yeah, the... on YouTube. It's like Southern oh, Gentleman. Yeah. David Howard Murdoch. I'm uh, owner of Dough Food. Memorization is the way I live my life, my business, everything. I'm dyslexic. So my mother is the one that taught me memorization. She started me when I was four years old. Well, Mr. Murdoch is a very unusual person. It's a very interesting. I don't know if this guy filmed it himself, if it was his idea or what was his deal. What did it, why did he post that? To get chicks or what? I don't know. Maybe to talk about his secret of his life. I'm insanely curious now. I have to go look that up. I always wonder how come it seems like you get these people, you know, they're very rich, not famous, but like that guy, it was homeless after he got out of the military and built up the Dole food products. Yeah. And he was dyslexic. And during the time where it wasn't like they had help. And then you always get the next generation are always these playboy, like dumb, dumb people that just squander the money. Shocker. The next generation fucks it all up. And then there's grandkids to tear it down. I don't have to do a series on successful generations because I don't know of many Mm -mm. that have like really flourished these old brands you know like Maxwell House all these old brands that really started from nothing I would be surprised if the heirs really carried through I didn't realize either that he dated Avril Lavigne and Lana Del Rey well to be fair who didn't date Avril Lavigne (laughs) 
Complex magazine that she slept with, quote, a lot of guys in the industry, explaining that her new song, F'd My Way to the Top, is actually quite literal. But there's a catch. Lana says she didn't actually receive any of the perceived benefits. Lana telling the magazine, quote, it's commentary, like, I know what you think of me, and I'm alluding to that. And, you know, I have slept with a lot of guys in the industry, but none of them helped me get my record deals, which is annoying. Is this TMI, or do you find Lana's honesty refreshing? I feel like she fell off like the face of the earth. She came out with the one album and then she was just gone. Because she was busy dating. Yeah. I mean, you can't record and date. What did she go through a couple of marriages too? She did. I think she's happy now. She did. And I think she had a Lyme's disease thing too. Last I like oh. read up on her. And Lana Del oh, Rey, is, isn't her relative or somebody is in the business and that's how she, nepotism. I think, think her dad or something's a record label. Or something like that. Nothing about Lana Del Rey. But this guy sounds like an abuser. It sounds like to punch your girlfriend in the face doesn't sound like a first time offense. Uh, Seems like something that could have been a pattern. Another reason why I brought this up too, because I wanted to get your opinion, your West Coast opinion. Mm -hmm. They're going through court right now. It happened with Danny Masterson that it was ruled the victims that claim allegedly that he raped them that they don't have to go through, I guess, arbitration with the Church of Scientology, or they might have signed something with the Church of Scientology. In her ruling today, the judge specifically cited Scientology policies as a factor in why the women waited so long to report the alleged rapes to law enforcement. And Colleen Sullivan has the details. But it was not a good day for Danny Masterson and his defense team. After a week of emotional testimony from three women who accused Masterson of rape, Judge Charlene Omedo ruled today there is sufficient evidence to proceed to trial. In arguments today, Masterson's defense attorney, Sharon Applebaum, said that all three women had credibility issues, motivations to lie, and that the incidents were between 17 and 20 years ago. Memories fade and change over time, she said. All three alleged rapes occurred at Masterson's then Hollywood Hills home between 2001 and 2003. Applebaum accused the three women of collusion and changing their stories. Of Jane Doe 1, quote, she joined a sisterhood with the other woman who wanted to take down Danny Masterson and Scientology. The Church of Scientology is not on trial, but it's played a key role in this preliminary hearing. All three women testified that it is a suppressive act in Scientology to report a fellow Scientologist to law enforcement. Chrissy B. testified that she told the church back in 2001 but says that she was put on an ethics program and told by a Scientology executive at the Celebrity Center that she had pulled in or caused the alleged rape. Chrissy B. reporting other Scientologists in good standing to law enforcement is a high crime. And if I reported him, I would stop him from being a Scientologist, from going up the bridge to total freedom. All three women testified that they feared they would be declared a suppressive person by the church. They'd be excommunicated lose their family and friends. Masterson was more important to the church because he was a celebrity. Jane Doe, too. I knew I'd be put through an ethics process and would be interrogated. But Applebaum argued today that Scientology does not discourage its members from reporting fellow Scientologists. Quote, Scientologists are not anti-police. They just want a crime-free society. And then there's another case of I think her name is uh, Charlotte. And she says that some of the directors were basically pimping her out, promising her roles. And it's coming out that 
NDAs won't apply if it's to cover up sexual assault or anything of that nature. So how, if she signed an NDA just to date him, because it's happened before. I mean, you want to sleep with Drake? Here's the NDA. You get to sign this Mm -hmm. or a basketball player or whatever. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the fact, like, are NDAs even good anymore if they're going to be fought over in court? Uh, I think they're good to an extent. It just depends on how powerful the other person is. Here's the thing. If someone wants to squeal, they're going to squeal, whether there's an NDA or not, and they're just going to live with the consequences. They wanted me to sign an NDA when I left E or, you know, there was like some negotiation there and I'm like, no, that's okay. I mean, I didn't have anything to hide Mm -hmm. or anything to, they just, you know, we had been on the road with celebrities and I never, you know, nothing ever happened, but it was just strange to me that they wanted us to sign an NDA when we left. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was moving on to another job and I'm like, that's weird. An NDA, really? (laughs) It's not like anyone, I wasn't, you know, I understand it for an assistant to someone who's really famous or someone who worked in someone's inner circle, but it just seemed weird. I think everyone does that now. Yeah. It's like standard practice. You have to sign an NDA to come into my house, um, (laughs) you know, because I'm so high level. So in the news, Prince Andrew has like 50 teddy bears and you have to put them back exactly the way he wants on this like laminated photo. Stop it. You Did you hear right about this? Yes. Now. Yes. He has a no, I did not hear about and this. And he has a fit. If you don't put them back in that order on his bed, there's about 50 of them. And about 50 or 60 stuffed toys positioned on the bed. And basically there was a, uh, a card the inspector showed us uh, in a drawer. And it's a picture of these bears all in situ on the bed. And the reason for the laminated picture was that if he, those bears weren't put back in the right order by the maids, he would shout and scream and become verbally abusive. One of his maids from like the 1992 said that he would scream at her if she didn't close the shades properly. When he was sitting right there, he called her from downstairs to close his curtains, like very spoiled. And I'm like, I thought the royal family had to have NDAs if you worked for them. Yeah, I thought so. I'm sure they do. But how how can they ever control that? And by the way, I think everyone's going to come out of the woodwork with old Andy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but uh, he's really in it right now. Yeah. <laughs> this cannot end well Mm-mm. for him. I mean... He might be on Sunset Boulevard (laughs) selling his pussy. Oops. I mean, I don't know. I wonder. I mean, everybody thought like, oh, Megan's trying to break down the monarchy, but it might end up being Prince Andrew, the queen's favorite. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be, it's definitely going to be, I bet she's pissed. Like, God, I had such a good stab at it. But no, he's going to, he's going to take them. I don't think he'll break down the monarchy, but man, he's going to be one lonely, lonely man later on. Even more lonely than, was it Edward Wallace Simpson's husband? Yeah. Do you have any regrets when you look back on your life? Oh, about certain things, yes, I wish it could have been different. But I mean, I'm extremely happy and... Now she've had some hard times, but who hasn't? So you just have to learn to live with that. Even more lonely, than because at least they had each other. He's going to have no one. I think he got to keep his royal highness in Prince Andrew didn't. Well, Andrew will have those 5,000 teddy bears. Yeah, maybe we can sell them on eBay to make some money. Will they let him take those to jail or no? Mm, maybe one. 
He has to have a boo-boo bear. You can always take a sock and paint eyes on it and talk to him. <laughs> so there's a new A&E docuseries out, which I cannot wait to watch. I feel like there's so many streaming channels and shows that I can't keep up with them. So I try I to screenshot or write down, but, and then there, a lot of times they're not even apparent on like the main page. Mm-hmm. So I can't even find them or like remind myself I wanted to watch it. But there's a new one coming out, Secrets of Playboy. Oh. Hugh Hefner demanded orgies five nights a week, drugged women with leg spreader quaaludes, and hosted weekly pig nights with ugly prostitutes. And your point is, what's wrong with it? No, I'm <laughs> joking. The reason I think the mansion was very cult-like, looking back on it, is because we were all kind of gaslit and expected to think of Hef as like this really good guy. And you started to feel like, oh, he's not what they say in the media. He's just a nice man. Another thing that reminds me of a cult is how it was so easy to get isolated from the outside world there. You had a nine o'clock curfew. You were encouraged to not have friends over. You weren't really allowed to leave unless it was like a family holiday. Now there are rules like, can you have boyfriends at all? You're not allowed to accept my friends. How do you know when you're called to the master bedroom? Do you have nights? Yeah. 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 The sex always happened kind of like the same time, the same night. We would go out to a club every Wednesday and Friday, and that would be expected when we got home. I kept my waitressing job at just like one day a week because I wanted just to have something easy to go back to should things not work out. And he said it made him jealous, and he would appreciate it if I quit my job. So instead, we were given $1,000 a week as an allowance. No, you know I have a past with Playboy. Oh, maybe that's why he wanted me to sign an NDA. No, I think we should get some of my former Playboy friends on the podcast because I don't doubt this. I mean, he was Hugh Hefner. He had a million women in that house at all times. The pig nights could be a little shocking. But, you know, he always had a bunch of cronies there. Yep. Um, Peter Bogdanovich, Bill Cosby, they were yeah, all. Yeah, they would always have a, but, you know, I can imagine with all these guys, hey, let's do a pig night. I mean, that's foul, but we need to dig deeper on this, I feel. And I think we need to have some people on to explain this. I know, I remember one playmate at one point, I don't even remember who it was. We worked with a lot of different playmates. She was saying that, the orgies were very boring and he would always fall asleep before they weren't really orgies. It was like you had to do your thing and then, you know, in the room, but it wasn't everyone. He picked certain ones and then, you know, it was like very fast (laughs) and very quick. And then it was done. So I don't know about like the wild. And when he was older, this was when he was like in his seventies and eighties. Hanging out at the Playboy Mansion was really fun. You could sit out at the pool and be topless and get a nice tan if you wanted. Mainly it was girls. Some girls would go get a massage. And then they had the game room. I mean, on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, tents were being set up for different events or people would come up for tennis. It was kind of a country club in a way. And I lived right next door to the guard centers. We shared a closet, so I could go into the closet and I could hear who was coming and going. So I'd go, oh, okay, oh, that'll be fun. I'll go have lunch with him. 
If I wanted to go and talk to my favorite author, I could sit down and have lunch with him at the mansion and talk to him and have a real conversation. I used to go to the mansion a lot because I was hungry. I was an actress who didn't work very much. I always knew that I could get a great meal. There might be some interesting people to talk to. You would meet producers and directors at the mansion. It was a very good stepping stone back then. Every Friday night was movie night. They'd come up at six and have barbecue and swim in the pool outside. And half would always say, it's movie time. Movie time. Movie's about to begin. And then everybody would finish and they'd go into the living room and get their popcorn. And we always got first-run movies that you couldn't see in the theater yet. The parties were unbelievable. And it was elegant. Everybody dressed up cute. And it was just like going to your friend's house. You could do anything you wanted. You could go sit in a corner and have a long, deep conversation with somebody you hadn't seen, or you could be dancing all night away. It's a big, fun, safe environment. You know, there was the parties, and then there was after the parties. There are portions of the mansion, you know, that people would venture into, you know, lock the door, and, you know, why not? I mean, it's there. <laughs> Supposedly, after I would go home, there would be people that would go out to the guest house with whoever the young hot guys were that were allowed to go up there and a lot of the girls wanted to be with him. Those guys came up there a lot and probably got as many girls as they wanted because they were super cute. I mean, I wasn't in that particular circle where things were like really wild, but they said that it was wild. You know, you had five acres so you could meander through the, the part of the house through the trees and, you know, and have fun. I heard the Playboy Mansion smelled. Yes, it does. It does. Um, it smelled like musty. And, and the grotto, when he would have those parties and we would go in the grotto. <laughs> <laughs> it just, like, it reeked of of badussy. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it was just, it had this foul, like, I don't want to, this is horrible, but like, oh, never mind. I can't even say it out loud. <laughs> like after sex smell yeah, which yeah, yeah. Gross. Gross. and then I went into the gym one time I thought there was going to be this lavish gym they're like oh you guys can stage down here in this gym I'm like oh this is going to be amazing it was like in this basement this dark dank it looked like where they would hold hostages <laughs> it was just and like no new gym equipment it was just kind of sparse it was kind of ratty old green carpet and that was like in 2000 early 2000s it looked old so I don't think he ever put a diamond in that place that was going to like there's there was no remodel happening yeah. put it that way he said that there was even a bestiality on the property Ooh, that's a new one I haven't heard that one yeah and uh according to not ex- with those poor and not with his poor zoo he had remember he had a little zoo yeah what is up with like people when they get a certain amount of money and they want a zoo like Pablo Escobar <laughs> did it, Michael Jackson. But I don't know. Kind of weird. There were a ton of peacocks on that property. I remember that. But I thought he had a little zoo too. Huh. I could see it like a little monkey on his shoulder or something. I could see it. Or a parrot. Just something to oh, add color. <laughs> Captain's, Captain's hat. hat with the parrot would like go well. You look like Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to get some witnesses to this and they will be on. Mark our words, people. Hey, 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 thanks for joining us. Real quick promise, please find us and follow us at Mistreat Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube, and if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. 
positive vibes only, right? So our last story, I thought this was pretty interesting because if this had come out, this coming out now versus when it first came out is very, it sounds more salacious now. So a murderer, which is, he was in Utah. I I already pulled the clips for it. So I kind of know about it. He Mm -hmm. killed someone and he went to court. He asked for a firing squad to kill him rather than other ways of execution. He had wanted to be killed quickly, even though like three times it got delayed. And his final words were, let's do it. So the advertising executive Dan Whedon said in 2015, the words inspired Nike's slogan of just do it. I don't know. I call bullshit on that one. Really? I I was curious because I I was like, this is a crazy story to be coming out from like that happened in the 1970s. There's... So many things that went into Nike, including Prefontaine, um, you know, the history of Nike, just do it could have simply been like a slogan of, you know, running. I mean, that's, that's, that could be, that's a very common, we think of it as common now, but if you think about like running track and coaches and coaching, just do it, just do it, get that two minute mile or whatever, just do it. I mean, I, I don't know if it would even, yeah, that seems weird to me. Gary Gilmore, who was convicted of murdering two people in Utah County, became the first person to be executed in the United States after the U.S. Supreme Court reversed itself. Gilmore gained international attention, and his story was even made into a movie. Put your arms underneath your body. The 1982 movie, The Executioner's Song, brought to life Gary Gilmore's moment in criminal history. 24-year-old Max Jensen was killed by Gilmore in 1976 at a service station in Orem. The next night, Gilmore walked into a motel in Provo. Can I help you? Night manager Benny Bushnell was shot and killed. Gilmore walked away with the money. Gilmore was arrested after someone saw him throw a gun into the bushes right after the motel shooting. Three months after he was arrested, Gilmore was convicted of capital murder and ordered to die. University of Utah law professor and former federal judge Paul Cassell has followed the case for years. What made the Gilmore case death eligible was that it was a murder for money. It was an armed robbery. Gilmore's execution would be the first in the nation since the U.S. Supreme Court declared it unconstitutional in 1972. Then it reversed itself after death penalty laws were changed. From the outset, Gilmore wanted to be executed and chose the firing squad instead of hanging. Traditionally, there have been five men on the firing squad. Those men are armed with high-powered rifles. An ABC reporter described Gilmore's last moments. The warden, having read aloud the legal order that Gilmore must be shot for his crime, asked quietly for any last words. Gilmore said, let's do it. Well, I did watch a documentary about the 10th Mountain Division in World War II, how they basically created the Mountain Division to scale some mountain in Italy. And they recruited from all these college campuses, long skiers or Mm -hmm. distant skiers or snowshoers and mountain climbers and all that. And one of them was actually the one that started Nike. He used a waffle iron in his garage to make yeah. the sne- you know the rubber sneakers yes. and all that but uh i had never heard this story and i mean that makes more sense though the waffle iron and everything yeah, and but the, to even yeah. come out at this point when you have so much of a culture they're going to come after you and say you glorified a murderer or whatever you know but do you think people really take him seriously how old is this guy now which one uh dan whedon i have the no idea a- advertising executive 
I mean, I don't know. Do you think people believe him? Well, I, and why is it coming out now when it first was said back yeah. in 2015? Maybe he needs a new house. I don't know. Maybe he's asking them for it. Well, it's not like he came up with it. I don't know. This is weird. That's a, that's a weird one. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. <laughs> never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Let's play a game, all right? On the count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it, just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, it's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.